Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to KCBS In-Depth, a discussion of one of the topics making news this week. This is KCBS In-Depth. It's been just over a week now since Valentine's Day a day that puts the challenges of love and dating first and foremost in our minds. And it looks like here in the Bay Area, at least among the daters that we spoke with, those challenges are getting to be overwhelming. Online dating is the worst. Um, it's, It's literally the worst ever. You spend all of your money on Tuesday nights. You interview a dozen people. None of them go well. And you're like, oh, I'm right back where I started. It's complete trash. I'm over it. I'm tired. So where is all this dissatisfaction coming from? And is there anything specific to the Bay itself that's making the already difficult task of finding love even harder? I'm Keith Manconi. This is In-Depth. And today on the program, now that we do have some distance from Singles Awareness Day, we're going to talk about dating here in the Bay Area and how to make it better. A quick note, today's program is actually an abridged version of a new podcast we're putting out called How to Bay Area. For the full program, you can head online to kcbsradio.com. So here's what we're going to be doing on today's show. A little bit later in the program, we're going to be fielding some dating gripes. That is, complaints about dating that we got from Bay Area residents. And we'll be meeting those gripes with some answers from two San Francisco dating experts. So do stay tuned for that. But first, we're going to hear from two prolific daters out there in the Bay Area dating pool. Uh, And they're going to give us a little bit of a sense of what we're all up against. Let's first meet David Rodwin. He is a performer who first moved to San Francisco four years ago, who I think it's fair to say has racked up more than a few dating stories in that time. So one of my craziest dates uh, was the number 119th woman uh, who I went out on a date with. You heard that right, 119th woman. He moved to the city from L.A. after a difficult breakup, never having used the apps before. But when he got here, he dove in headfirst. And for him, the San Francisco dating scene and the whole online dating world was something of a revelation. What happened was I I became so fascinated with uh, uh, all the the, the variety and diversity and unexpectedness of it uh, that I kept on trying to go out there. So I actually went on a hundred and I went on dates with 120 different people in two years. 120, two years. Those are the stats to remember. Uh, But David says there was a steep learning curve getting into the San Francisco dating scene. He had a lot to learn. So getting back to the story about his date with the 119th woman. It was almost at the end of the two years and we sat down and before the first drink even arrived in the first five minutes, she just laid it all out. 
he said, Okay, just so you know, there are three things you need to know about me. I'm bi, I'm poly, I have a boyfriend, I have a girlfriend, my boyfriend just kicked me out, my girlfriend isn't speaking to me, and that's why I'm here with you. Number two, because that was just number one. Number two, I work in marijuana and you have to be totally cool with that because I'm going to turn it into the first billion dollar industry dominated by women. And I was just thinking the entire time, only in San Francisco. And the funny thing is, my first reaction to her, I just looked at her and I said, I think we're going to be friends a very, very long time. And it's been over two years and we're actually still friends, even though we, we dated for just a month. All that to say that in San Francisco and maybe other places in the Bay Area as well, there's just a few more options on the dating menu, a few more choices to choose from. But David says it's not all high highs in the SF dating scene. There are occasionally low lows as well. He told me that in his first year, he was, you know, just exploring the playing field, getting to know the city a little bit better. Second year, he was really focused on finding the one, settling down, finding just the right person. And that process, he says, was a lot harder. Uh, he told me that eventually, the fear began to sneak in that maybe it was just never going to work out. It takes a lot of footwork and a lot of trying again and again and again until you finally find someone that you match with. And it can be exhausting. And there are moments while you're going through it all where sometimes maybe you think it's you or maybe you think it's the technology and you don't know how to make it better. And you can get through real moments of despair when you go through it like that. David and many other Bay Area daters has found is that even with all those extra options on the menu, all those extra opportunities, and all that extra technology helping you out, finding love here can still be a huge challenge. Unless you say, well, I'm sure that dating is just hard anywhere. Let me quickly introduce you to another prolific dater on the program today. So I have been in San Francisco for 11 years at this point. That's Mika Minx. She does event production and dates quite a bit. And I absolutely love this city. It's amazing. It's everything to me. Um, however, I discovered several years ago that although my life was flourishing, my dating life really was one of the only areas where I wasn't getting everything that I wanted. Namika brings an interesting perspective to the program because she's something of a nomadic dater. That is to say, she was so dissatisfied with her San Francisco dating experience that she felt that she had to look to other cities to find what she was looking for. I started exploring with going on dates when I was traveling. Armed with the dating app OkCupid, she managed to locate like-minded daters around the country and even around the world. And so I was like, oh, this is so cool. There's a bunch of guys in Boulder and Austin and New York in um, various places in Europe. And so when I was planning my travel, I was like, well, this is cool. I'll just go on all these dates in these locations. So this prolific dater is in a good position to give us a little perspective on the Bay Area dating scene. And what she has to say is not all positive. In her view, we've let our convenience culture go a little bit too far. You know, of course, we've already hacked ordering food, getting a ride, even getting your laundry done. It's about convenience. It's about 
getting what you want as quickly as possible. If there's something that's better, they might just move towards that. And this all works fine when we're talking about, you know, simple life essentials. But she says this mentality has bled into our dating life as well. I mean, you know, how you do your life in one way is how you end up doing it in every way here. And so it's about like, oh, I want to do a bunch of dates. I want it to be convenient. Um, If it's not working, I can just easily get something else. It's not an issue. This mentality works for so many things. And and this is why San Francisco is thriving. And myself included, I love the convenience, the luxury, the uh, simplicity of my life here. And it just doesn't work so well if you're wanting deep human connection. And because of all that, she keeps her San Francisco dating expectations relatively low. I just kind of like date San Francisco with the knowledge of the qualities that San Francisco is. And um, and I don't expect San Francisco to be Brooklyn or to be Portland. You know, I expect to go out with a guy who is really overbooked, um, gonna be on his phone a lot of the date. You know, he'll he'll do his best to plan a date with me, but you know, he probably has a few other girlfriends. He's thinks he's really into having relationships and connection, but there's really not much space in his life for that, let alone his mental capacity for that. All right, so starting to get the picture that it is not the easiest dating scene out there, but the dating gripes are just getting started. Up next, we're inviting onto the show two San Francisco dating experts to take on your top dating problems. Helping me in that conversation will be my colleague, KCBS reporter Megan Goldsby, who actually went with me on a little reporting trip to interview some Bay Area daters, and during the uh, upcoming interview, we'll be hearing portions of those interviews. So... You're going to want to stay tuned for all that and more coming up next. I've been looking for someone like you And you've been looking for somebody too But all I want from you is not what you want from me I like music, love and romance A walk in the moonlight, a kiss and a dance But all I get from you is pain and dishonesty First up, for some perspective on the online dating world, uh, let's welcome in Dawoon Kang. She is the co-founder and co-CEO of Coffee Meets Bagel, uh, which, for those who don't know, is a San Francisco-based dating site that I would say values quality over quantity when it comes to uh, the matches that it serves up. Uh, Dawoon, thank you very much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. We've also got with us today Sasha Silberberg, San Francisco-based dating coach and matchmaker. You can learn more at OKSasha.com. She's going to help us up our dating game. Where were you two years ago when I was dating? (laughs) Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So we're going to open things up today with an observation from a guy that I met in downtown San Francisco uh, named Sugandit. Everything's going online, bro. It's going all right? It's going online. Oh, it's going online. It's going online. There's not Uh, So we learned two things in that clip. First of all, I can't hear in bars. I have terrible hearing. (laughs) Uh, Second of all, though, uh, everything, as Sugandan says, is going online in the dating world. So Sugandan, he says, this is 
kind of a mixed blessing. There's not much this old connection like, okay, you saw somebody at the bar, there's a spark there, like she saw you, you saw her, like there was a glimpse there. So everything moving online, Dawood, I want to start out with you. Do you think that it's true that in the Bay Area, uh, online dating has become more pervasive than uh, other regions around the country, or are we about on par with what you might see elsewhere? We do see a much higher penetration when it comes to the Bay Area, um, at least on Coffee Meets Bagel, in terms of uh, when you look at the percentage of population that's actually participating in um, online dating slash on our app. So I would say the adoption rate in the Bay Area is much higher compared to the average. And Sasha, when, when people come to you looking for a match, are you hearing that they feel like the whole world of dating is online now, that it's all in apps? Definitely. Yeah. Most people, if not everybody who comes to me, they are really trying to find an alternative to online dating. Um, most of them have tried it for who knows how long, six months, a year, several years, um, and they just haven't had success with it. So not everyone's move, uh, thrilled with this move online, though. We also talked to John. Now, he's in his early 20s and works as a doorman and a bartender, and we asked him how his dating life is going. Not that you look like you have any dating problems, but... You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and he says for him, the worst thing about dating in the city is using those dating apps. He does have a message for you guys. Like You guys act like you're making it easier for me, but you're doing quite the opposite. So his main complaint is when you only have that tiny little picture and maybe one sentence to make a case for yourself, that he says the whole online dating culture becomes a little shallow. I don't know. I feel like it's so surface level now that it's if I don't have a funny pun or a professionally taken photo, then my chances are more limited than they would be if I'm just like meeting up with somebody in a bar or a restaurant, you know, and having a more personal connection that way. This is probably something you have heard before, Dawoon. What's your answer to that when people say, how do you really get to know someone just using an app? Yeah, no, I completely agree with um, John's sentiment. It feels shallow. And whenever we interview our, uh, you know, potential users or users and ask, hey, like, what's the first word that comes to you when you think online dating? I think shallow actually is uh, up there and um, frustration and disappointment um, is also up there. And that is exactly uh, the sentiment that we're trying to change at Coffee Meets Bagel. And um, it, it's, it's, it's hard. Like when you, you know, with the rise of Tinder, you know, I think dating apps kind of has geared towards more volume based, swipe based um, kind of behavior and which, which can result in a lot of people just sitting there swiping hundreds of profiles and then connecting but not saying anything and ghosting and um that definitely makes dating harder. Mm. From the perspective of somebody who's designing a dating app, how can you encourage people to be more expressive of who they really are and share a little bit more and be a little bit more genuine on an app? Yeah, so the first thing that we're really known for that I think really helps us um and our users consider each profile on each person more genuinely than um, other apps is that we actually curate a limited number of uh, people. And so Coffee Meets Bagel is designed such that every day at noon, you get a selection of potential matches, which we call bagels. And it's not like you, you can sit there and swipe uh, swipe forever because you have like an unlimited pool of people that you can just do that for, to. And so um, because of that just limited quantity, people do tend to take more time. 
actually reading and um, getting to know the person. And so, uh, and, and also our profile compared to other um, a lot more volume-based casual dating apps have more details. Um, and so it's not an essay that you have to read, but um, gives you snippets of keywords that really kind of gives you a glimpse of the person's um, uh, personality and, and their values such that you have, you can kind of decide, oh, is this somebody that you, I, I want to get to know more? You're not going to know everything about this person. Um, so that when you connect, you can actually have something interesting to uh, converse with. Mm. And that that's really good advice. I like that. We want to move on to our, our next uh, complainer. I guess that's not a really nice way to phrase it, is it? Our next dater. <laughs> our, next data, our next dater who has a complaint. Who has a complaint is a much nicer way to phrase mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. we, we talked to Jeffrey, who's been here 11 years. He's... 36 years old, and he says that he likes all of the wide variety of options, but that there might be too many options for him. Yeah, because everyone's always looking for the next best thing. Basically, FOMO, the, the, the swiping culture that you were just talking about, going from person to person and not settling. Always having the fear of missing out on that person. Yeah, exactly. There are too many options. You date someone for two dates, then you're on an app, you see someone else, you're like, ooh, they're prettier. They're more attractive. They went to a better school. I want to date them, too. So the grass is always greener, of course. Do you, do you think uh, that having all of these options, Damun, why don't you start having all these options? Can it make us uh, always want the next best thing? I definitely think so. I think that's the that's the problem that I kind of I was talking about with the swipe culture. Um, I, to be fair, though, like... I think you know dating has has probably felt difficult from like again dawn of time like I don't think dating has ever felt really easy for anyone pre online dating post online dating and um, the reason why uh, with online dating feels um, things have exacerbated is because if you actually were able to go on a date like once a month before online dating now you have a full control such that if you want to go on like two dates in a day you can do that which is really great because, again, it's in your control uh, and you have the option to be able to do that, whereas before you couldn't, it was impossible. But when you're actually going on that many dates, it, it feels exhausting, right? It, so so that, that, that sense of difficulty, I think, becomes like 10 times worse uh, because of online dating and because you can go on as many dates as you, you want. And so, uh, I mean, to that point, I would say like, I, again, another advice that I give our users is take a break, you know, like uh, pace it out. Don't ever feel obligated to be on it. If you kind of start feeling like uh, you're in a complaining mode, it's perfectly fine to take a break, spend time for yourself and with your friends and then get back on when you're in a pl- when you're in a better place. That probably actually gives you better results anyway. I found you have to get really good at that phrase. Oh, remind me again where you went to college because you can mix a bunch of people up when you're dating a bunch of people at once. Uh, (laughs) Sasha, do you encourage people when you're matching them up to spend time focused on just the one person, maybe go on two or three dates? Or do you encourage people to have a few folks in rotation? Yeah. So when I show somebody, basically, whenever I have matches for someone, I'll show them two to three matches at a time and I'll give them a bunch of information on them so that they can make well-informed decisions. And then of course I, I talk to them about it. And I think hearing, hearing me directly talk about it and kind of, you know, they can hear the excitement in my voice and they can really um, get a sense for who that person is. Um, it's really interesting being a matchmaker in San Francisco because and I think the 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 uh, the little clip that you just played where she was saying it's 
it's worse in the Bay Area. The Bay Area, I think, attracts a lot of maximizers. You know, we have some of the, the best talent, the best tech talent in the world. Um, you know, it's one of the most expensive cities. You have to be, you know, pretty good at what you do to be able to live here. And people have pretty high standards for both themselves and for their partners. Um, so you see a lot of maximizers and people will, a lot of people, when they come to me at first, they'll, you know, some people will have a list of all of the different things that they're looking for. Um, and to some degree, I think that's good. I think it's good to know what you want. Um, but I always encourage people to be open. Um, another trend that I see is when people go on first dates, a lot of times they're kind of looking for red flags, which I, I think that's going to make you more closed because the thing is, you're going to put somebody in the box that you create for them. You're going to fit them in that box. Um, so I think it's important to have awareness around that. That's a really good tip. All right. Well, this is one that we hear about a lot. Let's start with the statistics. According to 2016 U.S. Census data, as reported in the Mercury News, for every 100 women in uh, the Bay, in the San Francisco, San Jose region, there are 150 men. So again, for every 100 women, 150 men. It's a little bit of an imbalance there. Here's one of our interviewees who put it a little bit more bluntly. There is a lot of guys. That's Kaylin speaking to us on her first date with Dan. When I go out in the Bay Area, there's like a lot of guys out. Tonight, the bar, I was like, oh, we need one more woman. And so I spotted you. The bar is almost all men tonight. I know. <laughs> no, and, and you know, it's funny is that's kind of how it is. Every time I go out, like any, especially in San Jose, I'm from San Jose. So anytime I go out with my girlfriends, it's like, oh my gosh, there's nothing but men out tonight. That's pretty much how it is. So yeah, I feel like it might be a little easier for guys or maybe harder because there's less women. I'm not sure. So she's asking there if it's harder for guys. And according to our research, the verdict is yes, it is harder. The tech industry, unfortunately, is so predominantly male that um, being the heart of Silicon Valley. Here's the take you know, from Marcus. He's a bouncer who works in San Jose, San Jose who says, yes, it is very much harder. I mean, I mean... The, the, the LGBTQ community is thriving here. Uh, a lot of people are coming in, too, that are part of that community. Great thing, but uh, for straight males, you know, out there, it's really hard to date, you know? Just a lot of competition? A lot of competition. Uh, you know, when you got, uh, you know, five or six alpha males, you know, trying to go after one female, it kind of kind of thins out the pool, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so... Dawoon, this is a complaint that uh, we've heard a lot in our research for this. So what are your thoughts on how pervasive this problem is and, and how it's changing the dating scene here, just the fact that there are so many men? Yeah, well, for San Francisco, definitely the gender ratio is uh, lopsided. And, you know, when it comes to online dating, it's going to be even more so because um, just in terms of dating at participants, there's a lot. There are a lot more guys, you know, as a percentage of population participating in dating apps, and they're much more active. So you can kind of imagine it gets worse. And we do actually see slight uh, behavioral difference uh, for different cities when it comes to men and women, uh, depending on the gender ratio. And um, it's interesting for San Francisco, for example, we see that women on average like less. Uh, le less people, so they're they're slightly, you could say it's slightly pickier, I guess, um, than the national average, versus and then especially compared to a city like New York or DC, where there are actually a lot more women, 
the difference even becomes uh, greater. And you think that that's just a matter of maybe supply and demand? The the, the women have more options, so they're going to like fewer of the guys that they see? That is my theory. I, I think, I don't know if it explains everything, but I think it definitely could have impact. And I think, honestly, it doesn't really matter what the actual population split is. The perception, I think, of you know, San Jose being Man Jose, and there are a lot more guys than, um, you know, women in the Bay Area. I think that having that perception is a very common perception. I think that really could influence. So, uh, Sasha, you know, we just heard that clip from Marcus right there. He's saying that his dating, he feels that his dating prospects are a little bit worse because he has more male competition. Do you hear that from uh, some of the people that you work with? And if so, what do you tell them? I hear that it's difficult on both sides. I think that... Men definitely, you know, especially with their online dating experience, they see a lot of, uh, they get a lot of no's. <laughs> and also just being out there, there's a lot of, yeah, you know, there's man Jose, there's all of these different <laughs> ideas around it being a lot of guys. The thing is, I think that what a lot of guys don't realize is that they can have more power than they think. And what I mean by that is I, one time I, I gave this, um, I gave this talk on intimacy and at the end of the talk, I asked the audience, um, well, particularly the women in the audience, when was the last time that you got asked out on a date? And <laughs> everybody pretty much it had been, you know, years since they had been asked out on a date in San Francisco. So I think that although it is perceived as difficult for guys, because, you know, there are a lot of guys, it's not, you can really make yourself stand out pretty easily by just asking women out. So the competition piece I don't think is as relevant as people think it is. It's so simple, the answer. And <laughs> people are just are just missing so it. It's so simple. Oh, how interesting. It's so simple. I talk to so many women who are just like, oh my God, if if a guy asks me out, like I'll give him a chance, even if I'm not, you know, I'm not super attracted to him, just because it's so refreshing to get someone to just ask you out. I would imagine it's the same for men too, for, for a woman to ask out, that's, that would be super refreshing. Right, it shows they can really talk to you. Yeah, like people are just, you know, and I don't know, I imagine that online dating has certainly affected this. You know, people are fear vulnerability. They fear putting themselves out there. But the truth is that that's the very thing that's going to make you stand out and really give you an edge in the dating scene because people are craving vulnerability. And that's also what makes people build a closer connection. That's a good call. <laughs> okay, well, take note. Take note, everyone listening at home. This is probably the most actionable advice you're going to get all day <laughs> on this program. All right, well, uh, it's just been great talking to both of you. Uh, once again, we have been speaking there to Dawoon Kong. She is the co-founder and co-CEO of Coffee Meets Bagel. And uh, we were also speaking there to Sasha Silberberg, who once again is a San Francisco-based dating coach and matchmaker. Uh, you can learn more about her work at OKSasha.com. Uh, so yeah, again, thank you guys so much. Great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. 
That is it for the show today. One last time, the program you just heard is actually part of a new podcast segment we're running called How to Bay Area. You can find the podcast online at kcbsradio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a few more episodes in the can and a bunch more on the way. So again, that's How to Bay Area. Thanks today to Megan Goldsby for joining me on the show. Also want to thank David Rodwin, who appeared earlier in the program. Uh, The story that he told is actually part of his solo storytelling show, F Tinder, which is now playing in San Francisco through March 2nd. You can find tickets to that at f-tinder.com. We also heard there from Mika Minx. She blogs about her dating life. You can find that at mikaminx.com. Do tune in again next week for another in-depth conversation shedding light on life here in the Bay Area. For KCBS, I'm Keith Manconi, and I'll see you then. You've just heard KCBS In-Depth, a news interview program for all news 740 and FM 106.9 KCBS. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.